the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my Juris Doctorate, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. One, I am a master of the laws of taxation laws. If that doesn't put your feet to sleep, I don't know what will. But I'm also a master of the law of intellectual property law because I have a technical background and I also am interested in intellectual property such as copyrights and patents and the like. Uh, So that's not so boring. Both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the most beautiful city on the planet, downtown San Francisco. Because of my training, experience, and interest, I primarily practice bankruptcy, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and taxation law, of course. And I'm proud to say that sometimes in my practice, I'm able to vindicate the rights of seniors who've been dealt some terrible financial blow by sometimes people in their own family who take advantage of them financially and make them susceptible to financial elder abuse. I am, as always, pleased to be able to come to you once again from the beautiful KFAX studios, again in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area, to discuss some financial and legal issues confronting families and small business owners. Because, you know, in America and throughout the world, families and small businesses are what makes this country and the world grow, hopefully prosperously and um hopefully such that we can leave something to the next generation in our own family and leave something good for our community, our world, and our universe. However, I must once again ask you to please take note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives to act as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with an outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out qualified professional help. I do this again because I grew up in a house of boys and I know all about Westerns and every time 
Shane, I watched that movie a lot in case you wonder. Every time Shane comes up against the Riker gang and that Wilson guy played by Walter Jack Palance, <laughs> they have to have the shootout. And Shane, you know, normally he's working around the farm with the Sark family. He'll have his guns on. The little Joey wants to play with his guns, but he doesn't. But when it's time to go have a gunfight, Shane straps on his guns because if you don't strap on your guns, it's like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And you can imagine what would happen to Shane. He, Shane got shot anyway, but if he hadn't had his guns to go to the gunfight, something worse might have happened to him. And you know what? In the legal field, when you have a legal matter that might end up in court, it's not that the lawyers are carrying guns around. No, we don't do that. We carry our intellect and our knowledge about facts and circumstances of, of cases, your case and the uh, knowledge of the law. And that helps, hopefully. You at least, if you don't win, you at least understand why you lost. But sometimes if you don't have people helping you who know what they're doing, you will, might win, and it might just be because of an accident. But more importantly, you might lose a really good opportunity to vindicate your rights or your family's rights. So that's why I urge you to seek out qualified professional help. So with that understanding, as I've told you the last time, I heard from a couple of you who wanted to start a business. And and I was kind of proud that you thought of me, but I have to reiterate, I thought that was very intuitive of you to seek out help from a bankruptcy attorney for starting a business because as a bankruptcy attorney who specializes in small business reorganizations, and so I'm all about helping a business that maybe didn't have a good foundation initially try to right the ship and do some of the things that it needs to do while it's in a distressed state to make itself whole and to get itself out of this distressed state, get it out of bankruptcy and get it going, continuing to contribute to the community. Because I really do see bankruptcy as um, one side of a two-sided coin. It's kind of like the Greek god Janus, the, the two-faced Janus, who uh, one side is happy and the other one is sad. One side is looking forward, the other side is looking backwards. He's a transitional god in Greek mythology. And we all have to go through transitions one or more times. You know, even lawyers like me have fallen on hard times and we have to have the help of, of others to help us right our ship. So that's why I practice bankruptcy law because I actually see it as a remedial way of helping people. And, you know, I think there's a higher authority involved in many of the things that I do through my, my legal practice. So this week we're going to continue our discussion about entrepreneurship or what I consider, like I said, the flip side of the bankruptcy coin. Um, last time I shared with you some baseline definitions about entrepreneurship and how it differs from small businesses. And, um, you know, I thought that I would continue this week to discuss some of the legal and structural issues that you need to think about when you're starting a new business venture. First thing you need to consider is what kind of business structure am I going to have? And I want you to know that selecting the proper business structure is very important, critical to the success of your business. 
Your business structure affects your personal liability for your business debts, your ability to raise capital and obtain credit, the formational paperwork you need to file initially and ongoing records and books you need to keep and file with government authorities, including the taxing authorities. Uh, So you'll need to really choose the business structure before you register your business with any state or municipal agency. Almost all businesses need to obtain a taxpayer ID number. And if you're going to be a sole proprietor, that's going to be your Social Security number. But if you're going to have an entity that's other than a human being, uh, you need to have a tax ID number so the taxing authority, principally the Internal Revenue Service, can relate your um, income and expenses back to the appropriate entity that's responsible for it. It might be you as a a variation of yourself, say you start a subchapter S corporation or a closely held C corporation, that'll tie that entity back to you. And you also need to have this uh, taxpayer ID number perhaps when you apply for business licenses and permits in your city or your county. So that's some homework paperwork that you need to do. But before you do that, you need to decide, am I going to be the law offices of Selwyn Whitehead, or am I going to be Selwyn Whitehead LLC or LLP? Because law firms and doctors, we have to have a special kind of uh, entity other than ourselves so that our supervisory agencies can reach through the structure and and get us if we are bad boys and bad girls and don't take care of our clients or do something strange. Um, As such, you should choose your structure carefully Even though you may convert to a different business structure in the future, there may be restrictions on doing that or it might have some unintended tax consequences like the federal or state or local agency might think you shut your business down. And in some instances there, um, that would mean that you don't have a structure anymore. and and, And in some instances, if you do business without being a structure, you open yourself up to personal liability, and there might be a final bill that comes due to the taxing authority because you shut down, but you really didn't mean to. So this is another reason why I tell people they need to consider uh, consulting with a uh, business formation attorney to just know the ins and outs of, of this stuff. So you also will need one or more insurance policies to protect the assets you need to run your business and to provide you with the legal counsel you need if you or your employees harm a third party and through your or their negligence, you get sued. One of the things that people don't realize, an insurance company has a duty to defend you, not necessarily pay your pay, pay off your damages to others, but they have a duty to defend you. And so that alone might be a reason to have insurance. So you really need to consider that. Um, Okay, so what factors should you consider in forming a business? The number one factor, I would say, is how much control must you have? Said another way, how much control are you willing to give up? Some of us are total control freaks, and if we want to control everything, we don't need to have a structure where we're going to have partners because we're going to fall out with them. They're going to get sick of us. And can you imagine 
two or three control freaks trying to run the same business. So you need to contemplate that. Well, maybe they'll be silent partners or maybe they'll be grandma and grandpa just give you, make investments and stay out of your business, as it were. So you need to think about that kind of stuff. When I come back, I'll continue our walk through some of the structural issues that we need to think about when we form a business. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law, and we're going to continue our discussion on some of the key issues you need to consider when structuring your business by taking a deeper look at some of these issues. But let's let's cap off first. Okay, so the factors, the first one is how much control do you require? And also you need to consider what are my initial and reoccurring structural costs and ongoing administrative formalities that are associated with each structure. Some of the structures require a massive amount of paperwork, and you have to file something annually with the taxing authority or the secretary of state. Others don't require anything, such as being a sole proprietorship. And I'll walk through this in in a little bit more detail in a minute. Um, How do I limit my personal liability from the debts of my business? So proprietorship, unlimited liability. Depending on the kind of partnership, there might be a bunch of liability to the managing partner and not so much liability to the silent partners or those partners that are just going to go along for the ride. They'll be limited to their investment. Then um, how do I obtain the most advantageous tax treatment? That's something else that you need to contemplate when you're starting a business. What is the best structure for me to reach my desired level of business growth and expansion. If you, for example, if you're going to be a small sole proprietorship, you are only going to be able to utilize your own net worth, your own capital to generate the funds that you need to manage the business. Because most investors, they don't want to invest in a sole proprietorship because they want a piece of the action. Now, they don't want any of the liability, but they want a piece of the action. So if, you want, if you're happy remaining a relatively small or medium-sized business, that's why they call it small business, you might want to maintain your status as a sole proprietorship. But if you're looking to really grow, like I discussed, uh, companies like uh, Lyft and now Uber, they're doing a, a public offering, and those are corporations and they have unlimited growth potential. And there's something in the middle called a subchapter S corporation where you're basically it, and there's a small number of, of uh, owners that can be part of the group. So these are things that you need to uh, think about, and, uh, raising capital and uh, obtaining credit, and the structure for attracting partners in quotation marks or desired employees. What is the b- best structure for doing that? Maybe you want this greatest... Uh, a programmer in in the universe, and maybe this programmer will leave, but this programmer, she wants a piece of the action in the business. Well, you could do a joint venture and maintain your separate identities, but sometimes you want to offer that person stock. So a sole proprietorship could not do that. And what is the structure for my desired exit strategy or succession plan? You're not going to live forever, and maybe you don't want to, uh, you know, be in this business forever. Maybe you want to grow it. 
have it be a corporation, do initial public offering, uh, make tons of money, and turn over management to someone else. Or you want to keep it in the family, and so you, you, you might set it up as a trust, and then when you pass on to glory, it'll go to your, your smart daughter to, and anger your bad boy. <laughs> so these are just things you really need to think about. Okay, so what kind of structures are available? So proprietorship, that's just an extension of you or you and your spouse, if it's a family business, and, um, you know, you get insurance to protect you. Uh, you report to the Internal Revenue Service and a Franchise Tax Board off of a special form that's part of your tax return uh, portfolio. And um, so that's a sole proprietorship. And then you could have partnerships, be they equal partners or they be uh, limited liability corporations, sometimes um you have equal partners or you have uh, one uh, managing partner and a lot of little subs who just make a contribution. Limited liability companies, a corporation. And so that's a C corporation. That's where you have as many uh, shareholders as want to invest in your company. Or you have an S corporation. That's a, uh, a, a, a version of a corporation where there's a limited number of members that can be part of the corporate family and be shareholders, uh, but it's a way to protect you from being directly liable unless they can pierce the corporate veil. There's something called a B corporation. That's a benefit corporation. It's not a nonprofit, but there has to be some public benefit purpose behind the corporation. Then there are nonprofits. They're not taxed. Uh, because they are generating uh, uh, income that's used to enhance the public good. Uh, so that's the difference between a B corporation and a nonprofit. And also the assets of nonprofits uh, have to be distributed to the Secretary of State for distribution to like companies, like organizations, when the nonprofit folds or goes out of business. And there are other possible structures. They could be trusts, or there could be joint ventures that I discussed before, or they could be cooperatives. So that's where um, cooperatives and joint ventures are similar in that the discrete individuals maintain their independence, their independent identity, but they work together uh, in, in a corporate for a good, uh, something that they're trying to do. Somebody might bring money. Another person might bring technical expertise. Another person might bring marketing skills. And so instead of forming one entity, they'll do a joint venture. So they maintain their separate identities, but for a specific project, they come together. And that's also a way to limit the liability. So what kind of insurance do you need to think about if you're going to go into business? You need a general liability policy that... um, Basically, it's an umbrella policy that one of probably one of the key components is the duty of the insurance company uh, to defend. In my work, um, uh, when I'm trying to protect my clients' rights, sometimes we have to go after a, a business uh, for maybe something that they did to my client, and generally, they um, the insurance company will ha- has a panel of defense counsels that they will select to come and defend. I I also used to work. For an insurance company, and I actually managed that part of the claims department that um, when a claim was filed, um, it would come to the claims department, and then I ran a little 
law department inside the claims department where we would monitor the work of defense counsel. We'd help select them. Then we'd um, periodically monitor how the case was going. And um, we had the right to make the ultimate decision about what to do, but we worked closely with the, um, the defense counsel. So general liability policy. And you also need a commercial property insurance rider where you protect your trucks, your fleet of trucks, or you uh, protect um, your the computers once they're together. So it's a, it's a policy to protect the business property. And if you're a small business person, you want a uh, business owner's policy, and it includes business interruption insurance. And that's very important because, you know, we've had flyers here on the West Coast and hurricanes down south, and those businesses, um, they would go under unless they had a business interruption policy. However, it's not a, 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 an easy thing to get an insurance company to pay out on them. You have to have records. You have to show that you actually were a, a profit-making business and uh, it wasn't a hobby. But say, for example, when the, we had the fire in, in the wine country, the vineyards um, couldn't produce because the, the grapes were, were spoiled. And say there was a contract to sell those grapes to a place that turned them into wine. Well, now that winery business is interrupted. And maybe that winery had contracts with restaurants in San Francisco. Well, they don't have any product to produce. So if they had a business interruption policy, it would pay up to a certain percentage of what the average um, income that was produced by each of those companies. So that's why you have to keep really good books because – the, the claims department, <laughs> I got to tell you, those people don't like to pay if they don't have to. So if you're in business and you pay for this policy, you want to make sure you can access it. You also need commercial automobile insurance. That's for your trucks when they run over my foot. Um, you know, you, you need to be able to um, have that insurance so I won't sue you and put you out of business. Even if I sue you, you'll have the defense, and if you lose, you'll have the ability to pay my hospital bill and make me go away. Uh, You also need professional liability insurance if you're a lawyer such as myself or a doctor, and uh, that is for, heaven forbid, we commit malpractice. Uh, The insurance company will come in with the goal of making my client or uh, my um, patient, who I left some scissors in her stomach, um, paid to take those scissors out, get her cleaned up, and get her right, and pay her medical bills, and pay her damages. Then we also have a new issue that's out in the EFER, data breach insurance. You know, all these companies are having their data breached. Well, there's a new kind of insurance data breach. It pays up to a certain amount. If someone hacks into your system and obtains your client's personal identifiable information. You also need to consider commercial renter's insurance unless you own the building that you're working out of. And you want, and if you do own the building, you want to make sure that your tenants, if it's a commercial venture, have commercial renter's insurance so they can carry the weight of losses that they cause. And then you also need to consider life insurance key person insurance. If Selwyn is the cog that makes this business go, if Selwyn loses it, 
mentally dementia or she passes on, she's a key person, you need to be able, someone's spouse or family needs to be able to hire somebody to come in and take over running the business, and that's going to cost money, okay? So I'm going to leave it there for now. When I come back next time, we're going to go a little bit deeper into some of the prototype business structures. We're going to look at some of the issues that you need to think about. But till then, as always, I tell you, we all got to try anyway to stay on the right side of the law. You take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.